Hey guys, we're so excited to share this message with you on the Center Set podcast. My name is Ethan and I lead worship here at Center Set. We'd love for you to download our app so that you can keep up with all that is happening in our community. Text Center Set to 77977 to download. Good morning, good morning. Who's excited for church? Uh, we've had three amazing, four amazing years. It feels like three because we had COVID kicked us out. Um, but if we haven't met yet, my name is Ali and my beautiful wife now. We started this crazy place called Center Set. Going to be Bold Church in a few weeks. Um, we are in a, we're not really in a collection of talks, but if you've been coming the last three weeks, we, we're having this theme, unmet expectations. I didn't expect it to come out, but God's been speaking to me. Two weeks ago, we talked about there are bad days and good days. It's the good, the bad, and the ugly. And how do you drive a bad day to a good place? And last week, we talked about Again, unmet expectations. What do you do when God doesn't do it for you? Wait till you see what, with what he does with what he doesn't do. And along those same theme, that same line of talk, I want to preach to you from one of the most famous, one of the most quoted, one of the most memorable scriptures in all of scripture. And at the same time, I would argue it's one of the most misquoted, one of the most misunderstood. Uh, and many of you are heretics. I'm going to teach you what this verse actually means. You can take me later. If you have your Bible, if you see on the screen, somebody shout amen. amen. Whoa, let me just quick time out. Uh, at the beginning of October, I told you that this would be our last Sunday here. And uh, after church, we're going to do a little town hall. If you, if you want to know where we're going, where we've looked, and what, what we're praying about, we'd love to host you. The lights will be on. It'll be kind of Q&A. I'll show you the, the 61 places we've knocked on the doors and the, the four places that have said yes or kind of maybe to us and kind of want to share where we're going and why. And if you want to be a part of that, ex- right, like one minute after service, just stay in your chair. We're going to turn the lights on. But let's get to this scripture. If you see it, say amen. amen. For I know, someone say, I know. I know. The plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I love that it's God saying, I know the plans I got for you. Amen. Implying you don't know the plans. Often when we, we hit our 20s, we, we look back, we're like, life, I didn't expect it to look this way. And then you go a little further, you get your 30s, you're like, I should have been married by now. And then you get to your 40s, where's my house? Where's my kids? And often my question would be, are those your plans or are those God's plans? If I can give you encouragement this morning, God's plans are so big, you can't mess them up. He's bigger than your mistakes. And then it continues, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Someone say a future. The, this last month for me has been painful. I think about the pain of the past and the pressure of the present. And I've been so focused on what we don't have, I haven't been thinking about tomorrow. My mind is not, I don't have the faith for tomorrow. And God's saying, I'm in tomorrow and I'm thinking about you and it's good. It's plans to help you, to hope you. It's good things that you need. And sometimes he wants to stir up the faith. And some of you, anybody need plans for tomorrow? God's in your tomorrow. He wants to give you encouragement today. And I want to preach around this big idea. You're not going to make sense at the beginning, but it will make sense as we go through it. The missing ingredient. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got got to get the missing ingredient. Turn to your other neighbor, the one you forsaked in church. Say, I'm sorry there are unmet expectations, but you need the missing ingredient too. And in the scriptures, uh, God often will describe his relationship with us with metaphors. And 
One of my favorite metaphors is the body of Christ, that he's the head and we're his body. And uh, how many knows we, we need a pinky toe, we need nose hairs, we need ears, we need eyeballs. And often what we do is we celebrate the, the most visible body parts. And sometimes you think I'm the most important person on the room because I'm on stage. I am not. A body can't work without a heart, even though you don't see the heart. Come on. Uh, it's all the life group leaders that are shepherding this church, all the people in production that you never see, that they are pumping blood, making sure this body works. Don't, don't celebrate me because I'm, I'm the, maybe the eyes or something. Don't celebrate Ethan because he's the mouth. It's all the body parts you don't see, but there's another metaphor. It's, it's the bride of Christ. And one of the most intimate relationships is between a husband and a spouse, and, and God describes his relationship with us. Uh, think how intimate that is. Think how, 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 how much you know each other. And think how vulnerable God makes himself that he gets down on one knee and says, I want you to be my people and I want to be your God. And, but there's another metaphor that it's not in your Bible, but I want to teach it to you today. And it's, most of the metaphors in the scriptures are living. I want to preach to you not about a, a, a body part or a thing, an organism that's living, but a place. Someone say a place. And today's I went all out on illustrations. Come on. I want to preach to you about the kitchen of Christ. Come on. The kitchen of Christ. And don't worry, it's not hell's kitchen, it's heaven's kitchen. I want to teach you today what that God is the head chef. And he, can you smell what the Lord is cooking? Come on, anybody know WWF this morning? Come on. And in the kitchen, listen, there are things that God does. And one of the things he does is he, he takes the egg and he has to break it. And some of you, you want to come to church all shiny and clean. And God can't use the shell. Have you ever noticed no one eats the shell unless you're one of those crazy vegans. We love you. But repent, please. But often what God has to do, he's got, he's got to break you. Because the outside's pretty, but the inside is helpful. The inside will feed you. And often we want to come to church and hide the brokenness. We want to, this one is, we want to. We want to hide who we really are, but it's, it's the icky stuff. It's the sticky stuff that feeds people, not the good stuff. God can't use pretty. Some of you, are, it's okay to ugly cry in church. Some of you, you hide the brokenness that you had before you came to Christ. God doesn't use pretty. He uses broken. But I also love that God mixes things that you would never assume. He, he takes salt, and he, and he mixes it with sugar, things that maybe on the flavor palette would never think, but they balance each other out. And how many of y'all, I'm grateful for the house of God that we got some salty, seasoned believers. <laughs> and we got some sweet, passionate baby believers. Come on. The old people are like, I've been doing this for 30 years. Leave me alone. I'm tired. They're just a little salty. Come on. But it's the, it's the crazy new believers that are the energy, the passion of this church. Come on. You ever pray with a new believer? They say things like, whoa, bro, the only F word is father. Come on. And, and the old people need passion and the young people need advice. And God blends these two together. And, but I also love that, that we have some vanilla Christians in this church. Come on. We're not just multi-generational. We're, we're multi-ethnic. We've got some vanilla Christians. And we also got some chocolate Christians. Come on. I know what I'm talking about. I was going to get adobo because we got some spicy Christians, but I didn't want to ruin the batter. Come on. And God uses all kinds of things. And I, I love that our God, he doesn't come with a crown. He comes with a towel. Because he's in the kitchen. He didn't, he didn't come to be served. He came to serve. And 
That's why I love, before many of you came, we, we were here at 7.30, setting this room up. Because the God of heaven, he, he wants to create an environment where people who are far from him will know him. That's, that's our mission as a church, to lead those who are far from God close to him. You know where we are at? We're in the kitchen cooking with God. And so often we don't realize God loves to cook. He loves to throw a party. So often we think about all the, the commandments, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Don't. Did you know that there are seven festivals in the Old Testament that God said, if you don't party, I'm going to kill you. Maybe not kill you, but he, there, that, I mean, if you look at the math, 15% of the year was meant to be set aside to party with Jesus. Come on. That is a good God. God loves not just breaking things, not just mixing things. He doesn't just mix vanilla and chocolate. He, he doesn't just love to serve God. Listen, he loves to party. He wants to party with you. But one of my favorite elements of, of cooking in the kitchen is when I, when I come home sometimes from work or from a meeting, I walk in, I look in the kitchen, and it is like a bomb went off. Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? When I cook, I put stuff in the oven, I put stuff in the microwave, and everything's frozen. I tried to cook, and I burned water once. I don't cook. I just reheat food. My <laughs> wife, though, she cooks. There's like the sink is full of dishes. There's spices everywhere. It is a freaking mess in the kitchen. And I came to tell you, just because your life's a mess, don't be discouraged. I wrote down like this, when life feels like a mess, be encouraged. God's cooking something. God's cooking something. Came to encourage some people whose life is messy and you feel like you're doing all the wrong things. Come on now. I'm going to show you from Jeremiah 29 verse 11 that the Lord is about to cook something good. He's about to cook something good. Read with me Jeremiah 29 verse 11. It it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. The problem is, is, is when you, when you want to do this, when you put all the batter and you do this, but that, you put all in all the right things, but you don't get out the good thing. And when you pray and you fast and you, and you do all the things that God asks you to do, but you're not getting out what you want. And often, if you've ever cooked, my wife, she won't let me cook. She'll, she'll buy those prepackaged meals, you know. They give you all the ingredients, and all you got to do is look at the picture. It's like a Lego puzzle. You just put it all together. But anybody need a picture when they cook? I need a picture. Often, put it on the screen, when you're cooking a cake, you need to know all those crazy things you're putting in, what you're getting, amen? But the problem with the Word of God is that He gives you a picture. He gives you hope, but not the product. He gives you a picture of what it's going to be, but you got to wait for it sometimes. And, and often we, we, we look at what God gives us and the, the promises and the hopes, and we're like, God, you, you gave me a picture for a husband. You said he was supposed to be good. The one next to me is not good. Some of you laughed too loud this morning. Come on. Some of you, you want a picture of kids that love Jesus, and they were angels, and you're like, God, you, you were supposed to give me arrows in my quiver. There are thorns in my flesh. Some of you, God gave a dream for a business. God gave you a dream that if you served your boss and you went all out, he would give you a promotion. And it has not come out the way that you wanted. And it's like, what is missing? I want to speak about that. When you're doing all the right things, you're putting all the right ingredients inside. But you're not getting what you want. I want to encourage you. You're just missing an ingredient. You're just missing an ingredient. When life, listen, when life doesn't look good, Make sure you have the right ingredient. That's the first point that I want to say to today. That often what we'll do is we'll come over and we'll put all the ingredients in and 
we'll have the, the, the actual cake. And we're like, oh my gosh, this is the cake. I don't normally eat dessert, but when I do, it's from Milk Bar. Anybody know what Milk Bar is? It's amazing. And it's like, oh my gosh, I wanted strawberry. It's like, bro, you, you, you put in cocoa. Are you crazy? Yeah, I wrote down like this. Don't be surprised when life tastes like what you put in it. See, some of you, you got to make sure you're using the right ingredients. Uh, uh, you, you cannot put in chocolate and get strawberries out. Some of you don't realize this, but you are not putting in the right ingredients into your faith. And uh, there are some of you, because we're a portable church, it, sometimes it's hard to get connected. We put so much energy in setting up the room and then tearing the room down. It's hard to get into community. And, it, and every time I hear that, it, it makes my heart hurt. I'm like, I, I know what that feels like. But then I always ask the question. Are you going to a group? Like, no. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You cannot put in isolation and expect that community. You got to put in the right ingredients. I'm going to take this off. This is really hot. Then people say, Pastor Ali, Pastor Ali, I don't understand. I served my boss. I, I went all out. I, I did all the right things. God gave me this dream for a business, but it hasn't come to pass. And I'm telling I tell you, you cannot put in complaining and get out joy. Some of you who have been coming for any amount of time, almost, all, almost every, every year I preach on this, but many of you don't know my past. I, I struggled for many years with pornography. And then when I came to Christ, God set me free. And if some of you are struggling with that private sin, let me give you hope. He can set you free. But often what you don't realize is I had to change my ingredients. There are things I don't do anymore. I don't fight the sin. I don't use those ingredients. And I don't even watch movies. I don't even watch TV shows with nudity, I remember five, six years ago, everyone was like, oh, my God, Game of Thrones. I can't even. And I watched the first episode. I'm like, I can't even either. Come on. Because first episode, there's all this nudity. Listen, when you put in flesh, flesh is going to come out of me. You know what I'm talking about? You don't be surprised when you use the wrong ingredients. Don't expect something different. Some of you, you, you want this isn't just in the bad. This is also in the good. You want to be healthy? Don't eat fried food. But Pastor Ali, I love fried chicken. I know, but when you go to the doctor and he tells you you have heart disease, don't be complaining by what you put in. Anyone want a, a vibrant, thriving relationship? Serve your spouse. Love your spouse. Pursue your spouse. Have sex with your spouse. After you get married, of course. Come on. But what about growing in intimacy with God? Anyone want to be closer with Jesus? There's some things that you can put in as ingredients. Come to church every Sunday. Even when it's rainy, watch online and Serve, get in the team, because teamwork makes the dream work. And some of you need to get in the kitchen with Jesus and cook something for those who are far from him. And some of you need communities by going to a group. And how many want passion for Jesus, want to grow in your love? Let me show you how you already have passion in your life. You just have failed to use that with God. Anybody have that one pair of shoes in your closet that's super expensive? Come on. It's not your favorite shoe. You know why? Because it's your most expensive shoe. Jesus called out, where your treasure is, there your heart is. The reason you are all about that shoe is because that shoe has your money. And some of you, the reason you are not all about Jesus is because you have not given him your tithe. Because when you do, when you give him your treasure, your heart will follow. Your heart will follow. But I'm not even, this, this sermon is not for those who are using the wrong ingredients. If you're not doing those things, your sermon is done. Go do those things. I want to preach this morning to all the people who are doing the right things. 
who are putting all the right ingredients and they're not seeing what God is supposed to promise. Today's message is for anyone who's doing the right things, but they're not seeing the right results. You're praying, you're fasting, you're serving, you're giving, you're in groups, and you're still single. You still didn't get that promotion. You've been praying for a child in your heart, but you still don't hold it in your hands. You have had that addiction, and it's, God still hasn't broken it. You still struggle with jealousy and insecurity, and you wonder, what am I doing wrong? You're not doing anything wrong. You're just missing an ingredient. And I want to show you a special illustration. Th this costs 600 pesos. Come on. <laughs> For those that are not Hispanic, that's $30. Come on. <laughs> what you are missing, though, is, is fire. Time in the fire is what you're missing. See, what you got to do, some of you are doing the right thing. You've used all the right ingredients. You've put all the right things. You've done the prayer. You've served. You've, you've done groups. You're passionately pursuing God, but you're not seeing what you're trying to see. I don't even know if it fits. I didn't even test. Oh, it does. We're not going to try it. It's going to fall out. But the missing ingredient, write this down, is perseverance. Time in the fire changes you. Do you know how batter turns into cake? Heat. Some of you are battered here this morning. Your marriage is battering you. Your job is battering you. Your kids are battering you. And I'm here to tell you, you will never become cake unless you get in the heat. You will never become cake unless you get in the heat. You are missing an ingredient. There are some things I want to teach you about perseverance. The first one is this. Oh, before we get there, before we get there, I got, I got to tell you, some of you are little heretics. And you'd be calling, oh, my God, before I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, they're good in the future. But before we claim the promise, I got to give you the context of Jeremiah 29, 11. Some of you are writing that in in high school graduations, and when someone, no, you gotta stop doing that, you little heretic. <laughs> Let me give you the context of Jeremiah 29 11. Read Jeremiah 29 10. This is what the Lord says When 70 years are complete for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise. What promise? The plan I have for you. Whoa, whoa, whoa what are you saying? The Israelites were unfaithful. Remember I said it's the bride of Christ? There's this relationship between God and us, that he's a spouse. And we're the ones sliding into the DMs of other gods. We're cheating on God. We're flirting with other people. And he's jealous. And this good God is like, man, I'm not divorcing you, but I'm calling a separation. 70 years. You figure you out, boo-boo, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait. And then I'm coming back. And then I'm going to rescue you. And then I'm going to have a good plan for you. So I got good news and bad, for, not bad news. The bad news is you got to go in the oven. And I don't know how long it's going to be. Pastor Ali, life is already painful. I know. No, no, you don't understand, Pastor Ali. We're trying to have kids. I can't wait 70 years. My biological clock is ticking. Come on. But the good news is even though the Israelites were in the oven for 70 years, Eventually, they came out. I came to say it like this. Your trial has a timer. 
your trial, it has a timer. That addiction will eventually break. The, the brokenness in your family will eventually be healed. That marriage that has been struggling for year after year will not always stay broken. Your boss will eventually give you that promotion. That your trial, it has a timer. It has an, I came to give some people some hope. You're doing the right things. You have the right ingredients, but you're just missing time in the fire. And perseverance does things that time outside the fire will not do. The first one is this. Perseverance purifies your motives. Perseverance purifies your motives. James chapter 4 verse 3 says, And even when you ask, someone say, you ask. He's talking about prayer. Is prayer a bad thing or a good thing? It's not a trick question. Is it a bad thing or a good thing? It's a good thing. Prayer is always good. You should talk to your father. When, even when you ask, he's talking about a good thing, you don't get it. He's saying it's not the method, it's the motives. You don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You only want what gives you pleasure. I wrote down like this. Sometimes you can pursue the right things the right way, but for the wrong reason. Sometimes God loves to long and speak to you with prayer, but you are praying with the wrong heart. The batter. It may look good on the outside. You ever pull out a cake too soon? And then you cut it and it's all gooey on the inside? Oh my goodness. God knows when God knows when to pull you out. I went to school at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, and if you've ever been there, it's F-150 country. It's cowboy country. It's steak country. San Jose, back in the late 90s when I went to high school, was rice rocket country. Everyone had a lowered Honda Civic or Supra. Imagine I'm in this culture, everyone racing, trying to go fast, and then I go to San Luis Obispo, and everyone's got a belt buckle the size of my head, wearing cowboy skinny jean boots, with F-150s, I was like, this is different. But it grew on me. Here we have ramen and we have all these like infusion of Asian culture. There, they had tri-tip. Anybody have tri-tip before? Come on. Tri-tip is, is delicious. If you've never been, you need to go. But tri-tip is easy to cook. You just sear the outside and you leave it a little raw in the middle. <laughs> Mamma mia. I'm not even Italian, but it's good. But the very first time we did a barbecue in San Luis Obispo, I not only cooked tri-tip, but I cooked chicken for the very first time. And because I'm Persian, we use this, this very expensive ingredient called saffron. It's the most expensive spice in the world. You, you Hispanics, you have something different called sasan. It's not as good. Once you go Persian, there's no better version. <laughs> They're both orange, but saffron tastes better. So imagine I put the chicken in the saffron, I leave it in the kitchen, in the fridge overnight, and then the next morning, I think it's like steak. I just sear the outside and then I take it off. It looks amazing. And we didn't know until like 20 minutes later when we're sitting down having dinner, we bit into the chicken. The, like one millimeter was cooked and everything on the inside was like juicy, blood curdling red. That's what some of you look like. You're doing all the right things. I'm going to group. I'm praying. I, I'm serving Ali. On the outside, I look fresh. But on the inside, your motives are wrong. On the inside, you're not ready yet. And there's time in the oven that God needs to, because God's the only one who sees the inside of you. He needs to purify your motives. And some of I can speak to all the single people. Sometimes when we're in a season of singleness, we think, what am I doing wrong? And I try to encourage you, you're not doing anything wrong. Sometimes you are doing, you are pursuing the right thing, but for the wrong motives. You want companionship because you're lonely. And God wants you to get in a relationship because you, you're ready to serve. You're ready to die for that person. Not just have sex with that person, 
but to lay your life down for that person. See, sometimes what, what's holding you back is, is not the desire, but the, but the reason why. Loneliness cannot be the reason why you want to get in a relationship. It's to serve someone. This marriage is the most difficult relationship in the world. Some of you, you have a business, a small business, and you keep getting stuck. You keep hitting this glass ceiling that keeps plateauing. You're like, Pastor, how do I get to the next level? How do I get breakthrough? And all you think about is gain, how your revenue can grow, how your salary can grow, and you're not thinking about generosity, how you can hire more people and be a blessing to those who don't have the blessing that you have. And often when you are doing the right things and you're not getting what you're praying for and waiting for, don't ask the question, what am I doing wrong? Ask this question, why do I want it? Why do I want it? Why do you want to get married? Why do you want a business that keeps doubling? Why does Center Set need a building? That's a hard question for me to answer. Is it for me? Is it for Jesus? In the season of waiting, it's purifying. It's purifying me. Some of you need, you, you do the right things, but you do it with the wrong heart. Perseverance, though, it also does this. It perfects character. It perfects your character. James chapter 1, verse 2 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your face produces what? No, oh, come on, it's, it's 1130. You had coffee. It produces what? Perseverance. Let perseverance what? Finish. That means don't take it out the oven until God takes it out. Don't take it out the oven until God takes it out. There's a secret ingredient that I didn't talk about called baking soda. I didn't even know. I thought like it was just a decoration. Then my wife taught me you put baking soda in the batter. See, often we think heat melts things or burns things. But baking soda, when you put it in the batter, it does something. When the heat hits it, when you put in the right ingredients, it expands it. It makes it grow. Some of you, you're like, why am I in this situation? Why am I suffering? Why am I in so much pain? What did I do wrong? I came to tell you, you're not doing anything wrong. You're rising. You're not doing anything wrong. You're rising. I want to tell you a story. When I was 23, some of you know this story. I've talked about it many times. And there's a part of my relationship with God that I've, I've never shared. And I've I often asked God, when do you want me to share this part of my, my walk with God? And God, for four years, would not let me until this sermon. When I was 23, my, I was married, and my spouse left me for someone else. And it was in that season of pain and suffering that I became a follower of Jesus. And as I read the scriptures, I realized my conviction was that marriage was forever. It was for keeps. So imagine I'm a 24-year-old. I say, God, even though I got reasons because she was unfaithful, I feel like you're asking me to wait. Maybe you'll do a miracle. And from the age of 24 to 31, I waited. I gave God the, the best seven years of my life, my 20s. And I didn't just sit around playing video games, by the way. I redeemed it. Went to Mexico twice, went to Jordan, went to Turkey, went to Iran, went on seven different mission trips. And my passion and my love for God kept growing. And I'll never forget, there was this one time in Turkey. I was there with uh, my brother-in-law at the time. He, he was not my brother-in-law. But he was there to, you know, get close. And one of my good friends and the three of us went to Turkey. And we went to this really small rural city called Chankari. I've never even heard of it before. And we would just go home to home and we just throw these parties. We throw a big meal. 
And then we invite all these believers and non-believers, and then we take the believers to the back room, and we secretly give them like, you know, hundred dollars worth of groceries because these were refugees. They they couldn't legally work. They had to get money from from outside the country. And there was this one woman. She's like, in, she's like overwhelmed with our generosity. She's like, why are you guys doing this? Well, God, God sent us from America to tell us, you, we love you. He loves you. And I just felt this impression on my heart. This woman wants a child. And sometimes when, when you're growing in the prophetic, you don't make declarations, you ask questions. So I said, ma'am, do you, do you want a baby? Do you want a child? And as soon as I asked that question, she starts crying. And we prayed for her that night. And I didn't hear about her for two years. And I didn't know online, she put her story that for five years she could not have a kid. And now she has two. It's not the only one, though. There are three other couples in this church that I've privately prayed for, and they became pregnant. I don't know why God gave me that gift. But for seven years, I was in the oven. I went in one way, and I came out different. It felt like I was dying. It felt like I was being crushed. But I was rising. Some of you feel overwhelmed with life. Some of you feel like God's abandoned you. He's making you stronger. You're not getting weaker, you're getting, you're getting bigger, you're rising. Jesus is the way maker. Your pastor is the baby maker. <laughs> you know it's a good joke when my wife gives me that face. I've been waiting all week to say that. And the question though is, what kind of blessing do you because you can go to Whole Foods and get a crock pot turkey and put it in the oven for like five, six hours and you get a big blessing. Or you can go to the frozen aisle get a hot pocket turkey and you can get your blessing in three minutes but you choose how long you be in the oven. What do you want? Some of you, you don't even realize that the longer you've been waiting, the more excited you should be. God's cooking something big. The reason why my sister's not here, the reason why my brother's not here, he's got a big calling. The reason why my son is not here, the reason why he's in heaven and not in my arms, he's got a big call. God's cooking something. My life may be messy, but, the, but something's cooking. Some of you are overwhelmed. Like, God, I, I've been in here so long, I'm going to burn. No, no, no. Last point is this. Perseverance protects us from being burned. How do you know, Pastor Allen? Because there was another dude in the Bible who went in the oven and he didn't come out burned. There's a story of four friends, four 17, 18, 19 year olds, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They get captured by Babylon. Remember that 70 years I told you about? Babylon, I'm gonna come back in 70 years. During that 70 years, the best of Israel were kidnapped. They were in exile. These were the slaves. These four men were told, you must bow down and worship this false god. And they said, we're, we're going to worship Jesus. They did all the right things. They put in all the right ingredients, and they still were thrown in the oven. Some of you are in the oven because you think you did something wrong. You did nothing wrong. You are rising. And watch what happens. This is one of my favorite stories. I'm, one day I'm going to preach on the book of Daniel. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego 
securely tied. Their hands were bound by ropes, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, someone say, but suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement, exclaimed to his wives, didn't we tie up three men and throw them in the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did. They replied, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted. I'm shouting because he's shouting. Those exclamation points. I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire, unarmed, unharmed. And the fourth one looks like a god. Spoiler alert, it is God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come on out. Come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, those who were with style and grace that were hating on this place, these are the haters. These are the, the, the people that were drunk on haterade. The high officers, the officials, the governors, the advisors, they all came out with their iPhone, Instagram. They were on live, hoping to see these four men dead. They crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their head was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. See what's gonna happen. You're going you're gonna to walk with God and people are going to see the, the shiny part of your life. They don't realize you went through the fire. They don't realize you went through hell and high water. They don't realize how, the years of, that you were in the oven. They think your life is perfect. They think your life is awesome. They think your marriage was always great. They think you always had that promotion, that you always had that business, that everything in life was handed you free, but they don't know you were in the oven. They didn't know how hard life was. They didn't know that you suffered, that in the oven, God was there. God may put you in the oven, but the good news, I came to tell you, he comes in the oven with you. That's how I know you're not going to burn, because God walks and says, I'm here with you. I'm here with you. And it's at this point, some of you are like, well, when's he going to take me out? Write, write this down. God will let you out when it's will not let you out when it's most convenient. He will let you out when it's most impactful. He's going to wait till all the haters and the demons show up when everyone thinks you're done. Oh, they lost the hotel? They're out! Let the demons come. Let them. Wait till you see what God does. Wait till you see what God does. I love the difference between Christianity all the self-help people on IG. Like, oh my gosh, rise and grind, my champions. You can do it. Oh. And it depends on you. And the truth is, everyone will want to quit in the oven. There's not one strong, faithful person See, I lied to you about the missing ingredient. If I told you it was perseverance, you would look in the mirror and you go, we can do this. The goal, though, is you put all the ingredients in and you tell God, I can't. I wrote like this, I don't have the strength to persevere, but Jesus does. This is not self-help. This is not confidence. This is Godfidence. This is Godfidence. And the missing ingredient is not perseverance, but it's Jesus. It's Jesus. He is faithful when you're not. When you feel alone, he's the brother that sticks closer than a friend. 
When you are unfaithful, he is the spouse that will never leave you or ever forsake you. And when you want to quit in the oven, our God comes in the oven with you. He says, you ain't coming out until I get the glory. I'm going to show you off and the world's going to see. If I get everyone to stand and close your eyes, I want to pray for some people in this room that feel like they are in the oven and they're wondering what they did wrong. You did nothing wrong. With every eye closed and every head bowed, God, I want to pray for all these people in this room. Some of them are overwhelmed with life. Some of them are overwhelmed with their marriage. Some of them are overwhelmed in their family, with their kids, with their finances, with their emotional health, and they feel like, God, you've abandoned them. I pray, Lord, for those that feel like quitting. They've done all the right things. They've put in all the right ingredients. Remind them, Lord, they just need some time in the heat. That it's heat that turns batter into cake. That's you this morning. And you are doing all the right things, but you're not getting the right results. We just put your hand up. I'd love to pray for you. A blessing, hope, encouragement. See your hands. See your hands all over the room. God, I pray for these people. You know their journey. You know their burden. You know their tears. You know their pain. God, they've been doing the right thing, but they still feel like they're losing. Encourage them, God. Lift them up. That you haven't left them. You haven't abandoned them. Remind them, God, that's the fire that changes us. Put your hand down. I want to pray for those this morning that want to get right with God. Maybe you never knew that there's a God in heaven who came and he suffered hell on a cross for you so that you wouldn't have to. See, the wage of sin is death. Jesus didn't want you to die. So he came like a good spouse, like a good father. Any dad in here would die for their kids. This is what Jesus did for us. He came and died for us because he wants relationship. He wants to walk with you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to do life with you. But he has to die for you. And you have to receive his forgiveness to receive salvation if you've never prayed to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, with every eye closed, every head bowed, and even those of you online, just pray this prayer with me. Thank you, Jesus, for leaving heaven and becoming a man. Thank you, Jesus, that you lived a sinless life. Thank you, Jesus, that you died my death on a cross. You didn't want me to die. I'm like a good dad, you died in my place. I receive your gift. I receive your salvation. Now, God, I give you my life. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you, God, that you're going to take my ingredients that I could never do anything with, and you're going to mix them and do something amazing. God, I give you my life. Bake something amazing with my life. Show yourself off in my life. Fill me with your spirit, Lord, so I can glorify you. And everybody said...
Thanks so much for listening. We hope this message impacted you and inspires you to draw closer to Jesus. Subscribe to this podcast and give us a follow on Instagram at Centerset Church to keep up with all that God is doing in our community. Also, we'd love to be in prayer with you. If you have any prayer requests, please send them to info at centerset.church.